0: the podcast revolution network is a collective of independent broadcasters banded together for mutual support success and to raise new voices to our platform our shows are made possible through listeners like you supporting our cause for more information on supporting podcast revolution please visit podrev.org that's p-o-d-r-e-v.org thank you Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing, my friends? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas. How the heck are you doing? Thank you for coming back, my good friends. You bastards. How are you doing? You know what, folks? This has been a weird week. It's been kind of a tough week. I'll explain why before the show's over. But right now, man, I just want to talk to you about a little something here. A little bit of inside dope. A little bit of inside information. You know, I've been doing this podcast, it'll be three years before the end of the month. And it's evolved in in ways that maybe you haven't detected. And I'll tell you why. This is episode number 237. And I remember, see, doing this is very similar in one way or another to stand-up comedy. And I'll explain why, because I do both. You see, when you do stand-up comedy, hopefully any kind of art that you do, anything you do on a regular basis, is something that you absolutely love to do. You know, you you love the process of it. You love writing the jokes. You love, you know, listening. You love saying the jokes into the recorder to hear what they sound like. You love telling people jokes and stories that they've never heard before. You love hanging out at the clubs. You love hanging out with the performers. You love the entire process. You love getting on the stage and with the podcast. The same thing. You love writing down the notes and doing the research and doing all this other kind of stuff and recording it and editing and all of that. And you enjoy the process. And hopefully it's something you like to do, you love to do, and it'll be fun to do. But I almost lost it with the podcast the same way I almost lost it with stand-up. Maybe I I did lose it with stand-up. In fact, let me be honest. I kind of lost it with stand-up for a while. I'll explain. You see, when I started doing this, it was just for the love of it, man. I just loved to do it. I loved to tell the stories. I loved to do all of that kind of crap. And, you know, going to the club was fun, man. The whole process was fun. Standing on the stage, fun, all of that crap. It was something I really, really got a kick out of. But what happens is unfortunately just like anything else it turns into something else you know it's not just stand-up comedy anymore it's why did that guy get an eight o'clock spot I should be getting an 8 o'clock spot. Why is he getting an 8 o'clock spot? I'm funny too. In fact, I I think I'm funnier than that guy. And I'm funnier than her. And they're not funny. I'm funny. Nobody but me is funny. You start getting weird. And you start getting jealous. And then you get the 8 o'clock spot. And you find out that the 8 o'clock spot is not as good as you thought. You should really be shooting for the 9 o'clock spot. And, and, and then ask the question. Damn it. Why am I not getting the 9 o'clock spot? Why is that person getting the 9 o'clock spot? Damn it. What about me? And sometimes you kind of lose the joy in it, man. You're looking too much at other people, trying to figure out why somebody else is successful or more successful than you. And you're not even enjoying the process. You're writing the jokes. It's not fun anymore. You don't even like the ride to the club. You're hanging out at the club. You don't even want to watch the other performers anymore. You don't even give a crap about other people's laughs. You don't get to, there's no joy there. You become a little bit too self-centered. And I remember what had happened to me. I remember how bad I felt. You know, I was still kind of pissed off. How come they're getting booked to that club and I'm out of it? And I'm, I headline too, damn it. And how come? And so I go to this club. And this I'm just pissed off, man. I don't even want to be around the other performers, damn it. You know, I, I just want to go to a club and watch somebody perform. I want to watch a show, damn it. So I go to a show. And I want to see this big name comic. Not a big giant name like you'd know who he was or anything like that. But at the time, he was kind of a big deal in the area. And he had a nice little drawing power and everything like that. So I go to see this bastard. And as it turns out, the place is packed, holds 457 people, and every seat is full. And some people had to get turned away. They're going to come back tomorrow because the second show is sold out. It's sold out, and I'm here to watch it. I want to see this cat because I hear he's great. Let's see it. Let's see what this guy has, damn it. Let's see it. I bet he sucks. See, remember, I was still kind of bitter at the time. Ha <laughs> ha. So I'm waiting and I see the club owner and he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off and the waitresses are all freaked out and his wife is freaked out and the other comics are freaked out and everybody's freaked out. They're freaked out. Did I mention anybody were freaked out? And they're on the phone. You did what? I can't believe it. Damn it. They told me that was over with. Oh, oh God, what am I supposed to do now? I got 400 something people here. This is ridiculous. Wait a second. And he sees me sitting there on a stool in the back, 'cause there's no seats inside of the club. Hold on for a second. I think I, I think I got this problem solved. And he summons me over. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Thomas. Yeah. Uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. So, uh, you know, you gonna watch the show? Yeah. You gonna watch all of it or uh? Yeah, I was planning on watching all of it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I was just wondering. I mean, uh, I you're you know from what I understand you're doing pretty good in the area now. You're uh. You moved up to the headliner spot. You're headlining some of the clubs around here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. So, um, how much time can you do? Can you do about uh, 45, 50 minutes? Of course. What are you talking about? Can you do an hour? Yeah. Can you do an hour and 15 minutes? Yes. Comfortably. What is with the Yes. Because, whoop-de-whoop, I'm not going to mention his name, is not here right now. And, uh, what do you mean he's not here right now? Get it packed crowd what the hell are you talking about he's not here right now and uh we really need somebody to fill in for him oh he's running late or something like that you need me to do like five ten minutes give him a little time to get here oh no 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 remember when i asked you about the couple minutes ago when i said if you can do an hour and 15 minutes yes and you said you could yes i remember saying that about 13 seconds ago i was wondering if you could go in and fill in for him uh yeah, sure, no problem. All right. um, So, I mean, uh, and this is what it's going to pay. And he told me what it paid, and it was way more than I normally get, but nowhere near what I know he was getting, but I didn't give a crap. You know, so I, we have a special guest here. Uh, and he, of course, lied about my credits. I mean, I had some decent credits, but they, they fluffed them up to make them ten times more than they should have been. And whoop de whoopers he fell ill. Cocaine. He was not feeling that well. He got high on cocaine and trashed his room. And, uh, well, he didn't say that part. I'm just letting you know what happened. (laughs) We got this great young guy. He's uh, one of the hottest comics working in this particular area of the country that he's not going to mention because it will make it easier to decipher which comic he's talking about that flaked out on the show, so he's not even going to be any specific about the area because even though it's been a long time, he still doesn't want to out this person. Uh, Bring him up, uh, Mr. Uh, And at the time, I hadn't changed my name. That's Anthony Thomas. yet. I was still Steve Thomas. Steve Thomas. And I walk on stage, and the crowd's kind of clapping like, okay, well. uh, this is not the guy we wanted to see, but uh, you know, he's kind of young. But uh, you know, whatever. And all I, my job basically was just to go up on stage and make and be good enough, so so we wouldn't have to give refunds to everybody. Because if I, you know, so I go on stage, and I kind of go on autopilot, you know, and I just you know you go into your greatest hits package, you know. I had several hours of material, but I had only been performing like the same hour and twenty for about four months or so, so. I go on, I smash this place out. Yeah, standing ovation. Oh, Steve, 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 Steve. You know, and I walk off the stage. They're high five me. Oh, great job, kid. Pat me on the back. Hey, girl, hand me her phone number. Hey, and I sit down, the guy in the back goes, oh, my God, kid, you did a great job. Bye, 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 bye. I'm going to book you again. Bye bye, 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 I said, thanks a lot, man. He gave me the bread. I put the bread in my pocket. I walk down the steps, you know, um, and I go ride the subway home. But I wasn't happy at all. Think about that. I had never performed in front of 457 people before. I, you know, I never gotten standing ovations and applause breaks like that before because it, cause usually it's, it's the momentum of being in front of so many people that leads to some of that stuff, especially if they don't know who you are. And I'm riding home. I got this money in my pocket, a truckload of bread in my pocket. Well, a truckload of bread for that age, you know, for being a very young guy. You know, I go home, I sit down, you know, put some stuff into watching a the, watch the movie. It's really late at night. I can't sleep, but... I'm not happy. And I'm trying to figure out why the hell was I not happy? What the hell happened? This is this is if someone had told me a year or two earlier you're going to be performing at this particular place in this particular part of the country and and you're going to perform in front of 457 people you're going to get a standing ovation you're going to get several applause breaks you know they're going to high five you and, women, and the two cute ladies in the back are going to hand you their phone numbers you're going to get a lot of money for your age and you're going to catch the train back to your hometown and it's going to be great and, it's, it's, and I would have been like oh this is the greatest oh I can't wait for this moment <laughs> when's it going to happen when's it going to happen and then it finally happens and I wasn't happy why? And I realized what happened. I forgot why I was doing the stand-up. I forgot about the love and the joy of actually just doing the job, just performing, man. You get a, you, you get money to stand on stage and make people laugh. People walk out the place happy. You know, they're smiling at you, they're giving you the thumbs up. You know, you know at some point if you, if, if they connected with certain bits of material, they're gonna say, Hey, I saw this guy and he said bah, bah, and another person's gonna laugh that you didn't even meet. Maybe they'll come back to see you again. This is a good time. This is a good moment. You should be happy. You should be enjoying this and smiling. And you should be pumping your fists. You should be calling your other comic friends. Man, I went to this place. Man, you know, you just started headlining. Yeah, and I got the headline. you. No, you didn't. Yeah, this guy didn't show up. And I get, oh my god, he paid me this. He paid you that. I was. That's what I should have been doing. But no. Why? I lost the joy. Why? Because I got so caught up in why he gets an eight o'clock spot and he gets a nine o'clock spot and he gets it and it burned me out and wore me down even at that young age wore me down to the point where I just couldn't enjoy it. Obviously, I, since then I have regained the love and the love is kind of is is permanent now. But it almost happened to me with this show. It almost happened to me with this podcast, and I had to catch myself. And the reason I say it is because. I, I got into the habit of looking at my stats several times a day. Oh, let me see, how many plays, how many plays, what countries play, how come this country, this country? how come this state is, is less than it was last month, how come this one, but this one's more, but this one's less. And it became more about how many people were listening and what countries were listening. And wait a second, that podcast started after I started and they got more people listening to them, wait a second. And then I was like, wait a second, hold on, hold on. Who cares? I almost fell into the trap as an older guy now. I almost fell into the trap that young, 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 young me fell into. It's amazing. You can be so much smarter, so much more mature, so much older and wiser, and still some of the same little pitfalls and traps and tricks can still grab a hold of your foot and drag you to hell down. And there was a time where I did this and instead of it being a joy to do something I look forward to where I look at the calendar and I see the circle on the day that I'm going to be recording this and I'm looking at it like, yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to get everything else done so I can record my podcast and this is going to be great and awesome and incredible and it's going to be great. I love doing it. And and that one week, I didn't even actually circle the day on the calendar (laughs) because it became more about how come more people aren't listening, man? I'm proud of my show, man, even more. I, mean, I got people listening now, and I'm cool with that, and I'm happy with that under normal circumstances. And people, There's more people and all of that crap, but there should be even more than that, damn it. And I almost lost the joy of doing this. It was only for a very short period of time, maybe like two episodes. I'm not going to say which two they were, but they were a little while ago. And I realized, oh my goodness, forty-seven-year-old me almost fell into the same trap that twenty-year-old me fell into, and nineteen-year-old me fell into, and twenty-two-year-old me fell into. Now, granted, those time periods where the joy was gone were an extended period of time, and I don't even—I'm I'm almost ashamed to tell you how long it was that I performed stand-up without the joy. It was a job. You know, the only time I enjoyed anything was when I was literally talking into the microphone. But everything that wasn't that wasn't that sucked. And I was watching every how comes that person successful. Damn it! <laughs> and it almost happened with this. And I remember driving back home one day, yeah. and I said to myself, "Are you an idiot?" You, you, you spent like a week and a half, almost two weeks bummed out because your audience wasn't growing fast enough. That's not even why you started doing this. You were always going to do some other stuff in your career and have this podcast be this little thing that's yours, this little little cupcake that's in the back of the refrigerator that you hid behind the milk because nobody else likes milk. So they don't even touch the milk. So it's safe to put your cupcake behind the milk. And then you wait till they all go to sleep, and you tell your girl, "I'll be up to get it on with you." And about and it's about long enough to eat this cupcake. Cupcake? I, I didn't say anything about cupcake. I, girl, I said you are my delicious chocolate cupcake. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm not downstairs eating a cupcake and not letting you have any of it because that would be wrong. We are together and we love each other. And please don't come downstairs for any reason. <laughs> and that cupcake is the podcast. Damn it! You're taking the unwrap, like eat it up. Well, in this particular case, for that week and a half, almost two weeks, I allowed my cupcake to be exposed to the elements. I left my cupcake by the open window and I let a bug crawl on it. And I'm looking at it going, well, the bug didn't touch all of it. Should I eat it or should I throw it away? And I realized how dumb that was (laughs) to allow myself to allow this wonderful thing that's happening right here between me and you to be ruined by something stupid. So I didn't let it happen. And I'm at the point now where I really don't even look at my stats anymore. And I mean, I look at it every once in a while, but I used to look at it several times a day. Now, there's, there'll be weeks when I don't even, I mean, literally weeks when I don't even look at the numbers. I don't care. Because that's not what it's about. So, let me ask you this. And I'm sure no matter what country that you're listening, that this applies to you. I mean, I'm sure there's something that you really, really just kind of dig for yourself. You kind of dig it. You love it. You love doing it. You love being around it. There's some kind of thing you like to do. And then you start looking at somebody else and comparing yourself to somebody else, and it kind of sucks away your joy. You know, maybe you go to the gym, and you're working out, and you were a fat guy like I am now, even though I'm rapidly shrinking. And you see somebody else else that's shrinking faster than you, or some guy that's in really great shape, and you find out that you're fifty or whatever, and he's fifty-eight, but he looks like he's thirty-eight, and you look like you. <laughs> Right, And you go, that guy's got to be on roids or something He had surgery There's no way in the world a guy could just be a disciplined human being Who takes care of himself There must be some other reason why he's in better shape than me And I'm going to look at him bitterly And he's not going to know that I hate his guts But I'm going to stare at the bastard I'm going to go, okay, steroid boy Okay, surgery man You know damn well You were not always in that kind of shape Oh, here's pictures of you through every period of your life Through adolescence up until now and you've always been in great shape, uh uh-huh. I bet you Photoshopped those pictures, fat ass. You're stiggy, not fooling me, damn it. Oh, you have film of you in each one of these areas where you were always a top-level athlete in every level, even up until now, the seniors level. They can do a lot now with computer animations that to make somebody who's out of shape and fat look like they were actually in shape through the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, I'm sure that's what happened, because they could even make the old film stock, <clears throat> I mean, new stuff look like old, oh, there's a lot of technology, to, and I'm, I'm mad for no reason. <laughs> and you wind up looking at somebody else and comparing yourself to somebody else negatively, <laughs> and <why? laughs> And then beating yourself up, and that person doesn't even know you exist, Right? I'm jealous of these other comics. They didn't even know I was jealous of them. They're thinking, I'm, oh, you're great, man. Even meanwhile, super young, jealous of me. is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm great. How come you're getting the nine o'clock spot? Right? Me doing the podcast, how come cereal, all they're doing is talking about stories, damn it. <laughs> Just kidding. I love cereal. Uh, the food and the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, And I know that happens to everybody, and I, I made it I made it a point. I, I was very quick to, like last time it lasted years where I was jealous. This time it was maybe like a week and a half, maybe two weeks. It wasn't as serious as it was back when I was younger. Just a slight little twinge. And I don't think it'll happen to me as much anymore because I don't really pay that much attention to what other people are doing except to just look at it and go, man, keep going, keep doing your thing. So I know you feel the same way. Everybody, we all have uh, common feelings. And I know damn well your punk is looking at somebody who you think is doing better than you and you're jealous of their asses. I know. So cut it out. You're doing fine. All right? Stop worrying about what other people are doing. If you're doing something you love to do, do it because you love to do it. And let all that other crap that happens on the side be a side effect, okay? You don't have to compare yourself negatively to other people. You don't have to do that. sucks to do that besides no matter who you are listening to me just remember i'm better than all of you yeah that's right (laughs) i think i went too far the other way (laughs) but in all seriousness man you know i uh don't 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 get caught up in that because it'll it'll ruin it it'll just take the joy out of things that you that you can enjoy man You know, it'll take the joy out of things. And you shouldn't let anybody take the joy out of things that you're doing. Because I don't want none of my bastards to have any less joy than they deserve. You dig? Cool. Segment over. Okay, guys, let me ask you this. I have an exterminator that comes to my house every month. And I don't have bugs and mice. Thank goodness. Because basically what the exterminator is basically doing is the don't eat. When you don't have bugs or mice... And the exterminator shows up. Basically what the exterminator is doing is basically going and stay out. That's what he's doing. He's coming in or she's coming in and everything they do is in and stay out mode. That's it. Right. And I'm lucky that that's what it is right now. No new construction near me. None of that crap. No bugs. Mice. No. The guy comes in, sprays or puts down whatever the hell he puts down to make sure that there's anything in there. They stay the hell out. Then that's Right. But I also know what it's like to be on the other side of that. When I was living in Los Angeles, I lived in a couple of really seedy places. In fact, seedy places looked at the place that I stayed and then found out that I called the places that I stayed seedy places and sued me for slander because they didn't want to be, it was not as seedy as the seedy places that I was in that I called seedy because they were even seedier than seediness. And they had bugs and mice. And I should have been suspicious when the guy gave me such a break on the rent. I'm like, wow, that's kind of low. Yeah, it's uh, we're just. You look like you have a nice face. Hold on, <laughs> sucker. What was that? Nothing. I have a cold. <laughs> Let's see if he survives. So what survived? What? Nothing. I have a cold. <laughs> I go into the place and it looks like a nice little apartment. It looks like a nice apartment. You know, I don't have any furniture yet, but you know, I'm gonna go get furniture. You know, maybe I got one of those little punk ass bed frames, some of these little cheap ass beds I threw it in there so I can sleep in there. I got a television and I got a lamp. That's all I got. Cheap ass punk bed, punk ass television, and a punk ass lamp. No phone, nothing. That's all I got at the time. And I think nothing of it. I'm sitting in the middle, standing in the middle of my apartment going, Yay, I got this place in LA. I'm gonna hook it up. It's going to be great. Yay, L.A., me, yay, apartment, yay, ha, ha. The whole day goes by. I'm running around doing my errands, you know, doing this, that, auditioning for this, getting my day job set up and all of that crap, you know, and talking to girls, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to even step to the girls till I got my apartment right. That's not cool. You know, I don't want to, hey, you're really cute. Want to come back to my place and have a glass of water and sit on the bed that only has one mattress, bringing and a, and a lamp that doesn't get that bright. <laughs> Go what myself? Okay, you're mean. <laughs> right? So I go into the room and you know, and it's, so you know, this is the first night. It hadn't, it hadn't been nighttime yet. I hadn't actually had an opportunity to sleep on my punk ass bed in front of my punk ass TV with my punk ass light that doesn't get that bright. Not a big deal. It's coming. It's coming. This is the beginning. Damn it! It's the beginning. The beginning. The beginning, my friends. <laughs> So it's nighttime, and of course, during the course of the day, I didn't even have a sheet, but I bought some sheets and blankets. I didn't want to get any expensive sheets and blankets, because I didn't have enough money. But uh, also, because I wanted to wait until I actually got a real bed, and I'd get all of that crap at the same time. <laughs> but now it's nighttime, <laughs> and I'm watching some lame-ass TV programs, but it doesn't matter, because it's my new apartment, it's me, 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 ha <laughs> and I'm in L.A., and it's the August Greater. Uh, yay. Uh-huh. I would turn off the light, but it's so damn low you can't tell that it's on, but what the hell? And I cold the switch and I watch the TV and I'm sitting there going I ain't got any place to be tomorrow I got my little punk ass alarm clock which is really my wristwatch that I put under my ear on the bed and I turn off the TV because I want to get up I want to wake up in my brand new apartment and look around and even though there's nothing in here but this punk ass bed that punk ass television and that punk ass light that doesn't light up that bright it's still my apartment I'm going to get up and I'm going to have a nice big breakfast uh, go to the place and get some grub and then then I'm going to start looking for stuff ah lights out yeah a tv off yeah Mm -mm. take off my wristwatch put it under my ear and it's set for the uh that's gonna be great and i'm just closing my eyes and i'm starting to fall asleep ow i hear something go ow i'm going i must be somebody in another apartment not a problem. At least it's not shooting. <laughs> What's this bed doing here? What the hell is going on? I thought this place was empty. It was empty this morning. What the hell's going on? I don't know. The fuck is the fuck is this? So I open my eyes slowly and I look around. It's dark. So I reach up and I pull my punk ass lamp at the punk ass light and I hear get out of here. The lights on. The hell look around and I get up, I jump up, I got my hands ready, I'm about to punch, to whoop somebody's ass, and whoop, double whoop them and triple whoop them and drop kick the bastards. And I look, there's nobody here. Maybe I was dreaming, damn it. Maybe I'm freaked out. I mean, I'm not freaked out to being in my own apartment. I, I've done shows on the road when I've been in places that were, you know, actually dangerous. This is big, this is safe, I'm going back to sleep back there, pull the punk ass light, lay back down, put the cover back over me, put the thing, the, the watch under my ear, and I'm going to back to sleep. He almost caught us, what the fuck was that? And I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend like I'm sleeping in a And I move over, and this time I turn the light on, and this time I turn the light back off, and now I got my hand on the cord, so I can actually just plug it back into the wall, so they won't do that in there. He's leaving me to go get something to eat before he wakes up. I don't want to cause any trouble. I push the plug back and I look over, and there's some roaches in the middle of the floor. And they look at me, and I look at them, and they look at me, and I look at them, and I'm going, ha ah, ah, ha ah. ha. I pick up a shoe, and the guy goes, hey, 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 hey. There's no need for that. And I said, yes, there is a need for that. Your are roaches. I'm a human being. It's my job to squash you. That's how things work. Don't you read? Yes, I'm well-read. I went to Brown University. You don't. You, what do you mean you went to Brown University? You're a bug. I was lying. That's what I thought. So I took my shoe and squashed the bastard. That's right. And I square. Took a little piece of tissue. Took the bug juice and remnants. Threw it in the trash. can put my shoe back where it was supposed to be. Got back in the bed this time. Plugged out the light. And then I could hear. He didn't have to kill him like that. It was, it was bullshit, man. All right. Tomorrow we get them. I heard them say it, the bastards. You got to understand something. See, when you move into an animal's habitat, when they think the place is theirs and you're invading their space, they become vicious. I know they become vicious. I came back into the house with a sandwich I was going to watch. Walker, Texas Ranger on the television set. And I noticed that there was a bear trap in the chair that I was there. I don't know how. I'm sitting there thinking, this landlord must be nuts to put some bear trap on there. And then I realized it wasn't the landlord that put the bear trap on the chair. It was the roaches, those bastards. Trying to get me out of a pl- I put the money down. First, last month's rent, punk. I'm not going anywhere. So I took the bear trap and I threw it in the trash. And I heard the landlord walking past me as so I threw the bear trap in the trash. And I'm looking at the guy, and he's looking at me kind of guilty. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me. And I overheard him say, oh, shit, the, the roaches brought out the bear trap again. They're serious this time. And I said, what did you say? And he said, hey, nothing. And ran up the steps and locked the door, that bastard. Oh, no, you don't. Like I said, you go into an animal's habitat, they think it's their place, they will defend that crap to the death. They will go for it. They will try to get you. They'll try to take you out. Right? I mean, think about it. If you take any animals and you put them and stack them on top of each other and make them live too close and make them have to be around each other on a regular basis, they go crazy. Right? I mean, you have a lot of space, you go a little less crazy because nobody's all up on you. You ever have a house guest stay too long? They're in the bathroom taking too long. You got to sit down and do what comes naturally. And they're in there and you are going, well, I mean, I can't get mad at them for being in the bathroom. I mean, I got to go to the bathroom. My stomach is killing me, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, I can't expect them not to be. And then they open up the door and you find out that the bastard wasn't doing anything but washing some socks in the sink, which is disgusting in the first place. And you're going, you could have done that after I was done and you want to drop kick the bastard, you know what I'm saying, he's invading your space. If you're a parent and you have one kid, go look at your friends who are parents and has four to six kids or more in the damn house. How does your kid act hmm, compared to their kids? I'm not saying they're bad kids, but when you have more than four kids, you must know that at any given time, there's an attempted murder going on in your house because one of them is trying to kill one of the other ones. That's basically what you're going to be doing until they're out of the house, keeping them from killing each other. Why? Because there's too many animals, human animals stacked on top of each other. Oh, yeah. You go to do a safari. Remember that lady? I think it was over in China. They were doing. A, they were on a safari. They had the cars driving through the wildlife habitat. Right, there's lions out there, and the lions are like, "Well, all right, they're them leaving. They are cool." And she gets out the car to argue with her husband. She walks around to his side of the car, and the lion goes, "Oh, so you're not leaving? You going And he runs over and eats her. Now, I'm not making light of the fact that the woman got eaten by the lion. That's a tragedy, and I feel sorry for her family, but it's just illustrating the point. Those lions wanted you to get the hell out of there, and you didn't get the hell out of there, and they ate you. You know, they were sitting there the whole time going, I wish these pieces of meat weren't in those metal boxes, because if they went in those metal boxes, I'd eat them. But I'm going to give them pass because it seems like they're going to be leaving. But if they did, they, 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 she got out of the car, I'm eating her. Well, that's how vicious things are, and that's how vicious those bugs were, kind of putting a bear trap on my damn chair like I can't see it. Not only am I upset by the fact that you tried to cause serious injury to me, I'm upset by the fact that this is the best you can do, and that you insulted my intelligence by thinking I'm going to look at the bear trap and go, well, I guess the chair must have looked like that last time, and then you sit down and at you bastards, they make me sick. So I come home and I have glue traps and I said, ha ha, I'll put the glue traps down, you'll get stuck in the glue traps Then I'll throw the glue traps in the trash. And once I make an example out of some of you punk asses, you'll leave. And I come back and I notice that the glue traps are gone. And I went, oh, what the hell happened? Well, I ain't got time to figure it out right now. Let me just lay down. And then I pulled up the covers, lay down on the bed. And, oh, shit, I realized those bastards had opened up the glue traps and put them on my bed. Now I'm sitting there with eight glue traps stuck to my buttocks. And I hear laughter in the walls, you little brown bastards. I got something good for your punk asses. Bastards go outside and I get to finally break down and say, I'm not going to try to do this with palm spray. I'm not going to try to do this with some stupid ass glue traps and all of that crap and that little powder you put down. I want a full frontal assault on these punk ass bastards and I find exterminators Uh, and I want an exterminator to come in and that's what it was. I'll pay the money myself. I don't even want the exterminator that the damn landlord was using because apparently that landlord's exterminator sucked because not only were there bugs, they were bugs that had credit cards that they can go to Bear Trap Central buy a bear trap to try to get me bear trapped in the ass the bastards so I get the exterminator and I'm calling exterminators all over the place and I'm going let me ask you a question sir yes I'm from bug Killerama. alright I'm glad cause I damn sure want the bugs dead can I ask you a question sure do you have any kind of chemicals that not only kill bugs is there any way you could adjust the chemical to make the bugs suffer for six months and scream in pain and die in agony Sir, we're going to hang up now and block your number. You you, you should block my number because you're soft, punk. And then I realized I had to stop saying that over the phone because now, at this point, by the end of the day, 15 exterminators had blocked my phone number. And actually, another 15 had blocked my phone number because those 15 called other people who said, yeah, we know who you are. You're the sick bastard. And they pre-blocked my phone number. And you call up. Hi, i was wondering well, If this is Steve Thomas calling... And you're going to ask Wacky Crescents about making the bugs get tortured. We just want to let you know that we've been warned by you and we've already added your number to the block list. You sick bastard. (laughs) Those bastards. But I finally found one exterminator, mainly because I called him from a payphone. The other ones had been warned. And he comes over. And I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. And I realize this guy looks like a professional. (laughs) even the bug logo on the side of his truck is well i'll put it to you this way there's a cartoon image of him stabbing the bug in the in the back and i'm going yeah and then you then if you if it was a really good logo because if you you tilt your head to the left and you tilt your head to the right the logo moved a little bit it was actually him physically stabbing the thing again and i went this guy's a sick bastard and hates bugs (laughs) you're hired He says, I can't be there till tomorrow, my friend. I said, I don't care. I would like you to come right now, but I understand the problem. You come tomorrow. And he showed up. And I was waiting for him. And I think I weirded him out a little bit because even though I called those other places, those other places won the other places because I was telling him I wanted them to torture the bugs before killing them, I think I might have gone a little bit too far. Because when the bug guy came into the house, I was actually wearing a full Spartan army soldier uniform, complete with spear. And he said, you're Steve, aren't you? And I went, yes. And he goes, oh. I had you on a block list. And I said, hi, it's too late You to signed the contract, jackass. Now get in here. <laughs> And he walked in and he goes, wait a second. Why are there 299 other dudes in your apartment dressed like Spartan soldiers? This is crazy. And I said, listen, do you want the $32 a month or not, punk? Get it done. And he sprays. Oh, yeah. And when he sprays, there's bugs falling out of the ceiling, jumping out of cracks, falling out of everything. And they're on the ground, twisting and flipping around. And I know that that chemical is causing paralysis. And the paralysis is killing them. It's killing them. And then I saw a specific roach. It was a roach that was from the first part of the story because I tried to crush the roaches with my shoe and I killed one of them and it was the other one, the one that had called the war on me. Probably the one, if I checked the credit card receipts after he's dead, is the one that bought the bear trap to try to bite me on the ass, that bastard. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, this bug ain't quite dead yet. And he goes, I'll spray him. I said, no, nah, let me spray him. And he goes, we're really not allowed to do that. sir." And I said, hey, I got 200 and friends behind me with Spartan outfits on and those spears are real punk. Shut up. And he goes, you're fucking crazy. And I said, you really want to say that? There's 300 of us with spears and Spartan outfits. Obviously, we're not balanced right. So, you know, you might want to just calm down and sit down in that chair. And he gave me the spray. And we surrounded that last bug, the last living bug, who was the bug that caused the problem and tried to cause the war with me in the first place and I looked down at his little punk ass in my spartan uniform (laughs) and I said you brought death and destruction to my house you put a bear trap on my chair to try to bite my ass you ate my food you tried to crawl into my ears I had to go to sleep with little pieces of toilet paper in my ears punk Now look around you at all of your friends and family. Look at them. All you had to do was leave, and this war would have never started. This would have never happened. You brought this on yourself, punk. And I only have one thing to say. And I took the nozzle for the spray. I put it right over his punk ass. I sprayed him, and as he choked his last breath, I kicked him off the top step and said, This is Sparta! Sparta! Which was kind of weird, because by that time, the exterminator had called the police and there were police officers going, sir, we need to talk to you downtown. Mm. (laughs) (sighs) But what I will say, my friends is, listen, make sure you make sure you. You, you, you stay on top of the bugs in your apartment, man, or your house. You know, you'll see a bug, and you'll not think much of it. You'll crush the bug. And I'm telling you right now, they only send out the stupid bug because they figure if he gets crushed, who cares? All the smart bugs, the ones with credit cards who will buy fucking bear traps to put in your chair to bite you on the ass, those bastards are in the walls watching you, making notes. That's right get an exterminator my friend get an exterminator that's the lesson of this of this section of the podcast i know what you're going you're probably thinking dude you are really weird what the hell who wrote this wacky crazy stupid segment of the podcast why did you waste paper on this and i don't have to say this shut up punks i typed it there was no paper used Okay, you want to know why I decided to talk about that in this segment? You want to know why for real? All right, I'll tell you, damn it. My exterminator was here. And, you know, there was a bug. I saw a bug for the first time in a long period of time. And he sprayed the bug. And he goes, oh, Mr. Thomas, I'm sorry. I mean, we've been here so many times. There was just any bugs. You really having a bug problem? I mean, I said, really? That's really the the first bug I've actually seen in a long time. Oh, okay, Well, everything's okay now, right? I mean, I said, oh, yeah, it's not a problem. It's not a problem, not a problem, not a problem, not a problem. Then another bug comes out and gives me the middle finger. Okay, none of that part happened. (laughs) No, it's just that my exterminator was here. And um, uh, one of my neighbors was doing construction. There was a bunch of bugs coming in the house. And I was like, shit. I know there's going to be a battle to get rid of them, And uh, fortunately, we, beat, we. you know, only, I only saw like six bugs, you know, in uh, between uh, when he was here last time and now. And I know why, because of the construction and, you know, he came in, we sprayed around, and you know, for the past couple of months there have been no bugs here, so we're back to normal, you know. I mean, that's, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, the reason I really want to get back in shape, not just because I want to improve my health, but I'll be honest with you, man, when I think back to when I wore that Spartan uh, uh, Army uniform, I looked pretty good. And back then I had a six-pack, you know, and I can't fit in the uniform anymore. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, it was an embarrassing when I tried to fit back into the uniform. I was about to get it on with one with a girl I was seeing at the time, and I told her the story of the Spartan uniform I used to wear when I would scream at roaches as they died on my floor. Well, actually, I told that to several women. Usually they go, yeah, I'm going to go to the bathroom and uh, with my clothes and car keys. And then I would go, okay, I'll wait right here. And then I would hear the cars peel off with them going, that motherfucker's nuts, as they peel off. And I'm going, I probably should not have told them the story. But it was this one woman, I told her the story about being in a Spartan uniform. And she goes, hey, that's hot. And I went, oh, all right, she's also nuts. And I tried to put the Spartan uniform on, and I couldn't get it on my fat ass. And she goes, yeah so this is the spartan uniform you, you 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 used to fit in this spartan uniform yeah i'm gonna try to fit it on oh no no no, no. you know you, you continue to try to fit it on i'm gonna go to the bathroom with my purse coat and car keys and i go okay and then i'd hear a peel off that fat bastard and peel off <laughs> bad memories anyway what i'm saying is the point of the, okay the reason i brought this up my friends is listen Get an exterminator if you need an exterminator. the s machine got an exterminator, and I took care of problems you got to take care of problems when they pop up because if you don't take care of problems in the beginning, they can become bigger problems, damn it, and then you will be problems you can't handle yeah that's that's the point. I definitely didn't forget what I, what I was talking about in the, in this segment and completely veer off script into something else that that definitely did not happen. <sighs> Get an, get an exterminator. You don't want bugs. Having bugs is gross. You don't want that shit happening. Having bugs is gross. Don't, don't do that. Segment over. Okay, folks. Uh, let me explain why this has been a bad week. You know, I don't know how many people saw the tweet or the, or the post um, when I said R.I.P. to my Uncle Junior. He passed away on the 12th of October. And uh, it was pretty rough on everybody, you know. He was a very very big personality you know one of those you know you you always have the the person in the family that has a big personality they they have a expressive voice they have a unique way of saying things and behaving they have a unique sense of humor and even though there's problems that they have just like everybody else has problems you know they're still a unique person and uh my uncle junior was that october 1940 that's when he was born I was born 28 years later. So we were born with, our, our birthdays are really close to each other. So a lot of times we, you know, I tease him about his age. even though know, at the time I was very young and he wasn't that old yet. And the funny thing about him was I always found him humorous and sometimes a little annoying because that's what happens when you're young and somebody's older. You find them a little annoying. But I still enjoyed him. And of course, I love my family. But we weren't really close. We just kind of, kind of passed back and forth. Still enjoying each other's company, but passing back and forth. I became a comic at 17. I started to do my thing. I wasn't around that much, so I kind of, you know, we didn't see each other that often. But he would always check on me. How you How you doing, boy? How's the comedy doing? I'm still pretty good. All right, man. You always been funny. You go out there. You got all the talent. You go out there and you do what you need to do. Don't let anybody stop you. You understand? Not a problem. when I got a little older, I was in my 20s now. I'm a grown ass man driving a car now. (laughs) And when I would go to the supermarket, I would go by his house. Now, before I get into the house story, I want to tell you that my other uncle, who I was a little closer to actually a lot closer to, because I would see was actually he actually lived closer to me used to tell me stories when I would be around him about how my Uncle Junior was, in, in back in the day when he was younger, around the age that I was, not a little younger, maybe a little older, that he was like the coolest guy, the smoothest guy, he had the coolest car and the coolest hat and the coolest glasses, he, had the, he was the funniest guy and everybody thought he was cool and the ladies loved him and everybody was talking about, man, he's the best, he's the coolest, he's the greatest, he's this, he's that, he was cool, he was the best, he was this, he was that. And when somebody tells you these stories, you know how it is. Sometimes he takes things and he kind of pedestal them. You put them up there on the pedestal and you remember things as the younger brother looking at your other brother and everybody saying how cool and great and smooth he is. And he kind of build it up to this unrealistic thing. And I didn't not believe him, but it was one of those things where it's like, I'll take your word for it. I did not not believe you, but I'll take your word for it. And quite frankly, I didn't see any of that. Now we'll go to me going to the supermarket. I'm living Closer to him, somewhere in the middle of everybody. And I would go to the supermarket during the week. I like going to the supermarket during the week. I hate shopping on Sundays and Saturdays. Those are days that kind of suck to shop. Everybody else is shopping at the same time. But nobody's shopping on Monday at at 9 o'clock in the morning. And with my schedule as a comic, I can do that. Ha ha, F (laughs) y'all. So I drive to the supermarket and I... Realize, you know, all these times I was so busy trying to go to the supermarket and get out, I didn't realize and remember that my uncle lives right by here. I mean, I feel kind of dumb driving right by his house. I know he's there, so I might as well just go in and at least say hello to him or wave at him or something like that. I mean, that's not cool. So I stop by the house, and I go in. And he's sweeping the floor. Hey, how you doing, boy? I'm doing good. I just want to say hello, man. I've been going to the supermarket behind you man i feel kind of like an idiot going to the supermarket and you're right here and i don't stop by to say hello not a problem i didn't want your ass in here in the first place see that's the kind of jokes he does <laughs> all right sit your ass down we'll let's might we'll, as we'll, we'll, well talk Yo. so how's the comedy going and then we start talking and he was charming and he was funny and we actually spent time together and i looked up and two hours had gone by and out now I really had to run. He goes, "All right, it's nice talking to this. It was nice talking to you." And I left. And I realized during the course of the week I was going to the supermarket more and more. And what I would do was every time I went to the supermarket, I would stop over there and what started to happen was Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday if I was working, I was stopping off at Uncle Junior's. And every time I was there, I would stay there for a minimum of an hour and a half to 2 hours. And we talked the whole time. And then it became a habit. Right. So much so that when I would pull up, he knew the size, the sound of my car. His window was open. He had a big window that was open and I would see be watching the cowboys. But he knew that when I came over, one of the things we would do was watch the equalizer. Edward Woodward show. Edward Woodward show. It was in syndication at this point. And I would watch the TV change. He didn't see me see him, but he could hear the engine of the car. He knew I was coming in. Click. And he would turn over. And I would walk in the house. Hey, what you doing? Says, the same thing I'm doing now. Sitting here, coming in here to waste time with old people. I ain't that old nigga. I'll still cut you. <laughs> That's what his voice sounded like. I'll still cut you. We're laughing. And at this point, even though we're uncle and nephew, we basically was two dudes now. One dude was young dude. One dude was like a, at the end of middle age dude. And we had good conversations. We had fun. We talked a lot. And I realized I was now seeing the dude that my other uncle had described. The coolest dude. The smoothest dude. The funniest dude. I was now meeting that guy for the first time. He appeared. It was almost like that guy from back then decided to show up to prove that he existed. And he did exist. And I got to meet him. And it was fun. And we became a lot closer then. Then, you find out that he's not feeling well. and he starts to go to the hospital. And he's really not feeling well. Sometimes the ambulance would take him out. And because I was the closest by, and the uncle that told me about how cool he was and smooth he was was, 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 was right up in the same area. I was the primary transport. So I would take the uncle, the other uncle, the original uncle, who was the one I was around the most, and now I'm taking Uncle Junior to the hospital. And he's having tests. He has this. And even though this is a chronic thing, you know, it's 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 bad, but, you know, you're not waiting for a phone call bad. It's like, you know, episodes, if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, we'll be rushing to the hospital, then he'll fix him and then we'll bring him back. And then it was something else. Now it's, he's really feeling bad. Because, uh, Lung cancer will do that to you. And now I'm not taking him to the hospital for, you know, the other thing, which was like a chronic ailment. Now it's this. And we all know the clock is ticking. But this, is a very, he's, this guy is resilient, man. There were plenty of times when he got to the hospital and the doctor would literally go, you, you don't understand how close this was. I'm surprised that he, you know, and then he'd look fine again, and then we'd be back in the hospital again. And then we're my uncle, my other uncle, and I take Uncle Junior to the hospital for his radiation. I know oh, the tumors are shrunk and it it's shrunk, but the thing about it is, it's not like based on regular current medical technology. When he said the tumor shrunk, normally with other types of cancer, when you hear that, that's the beginning of you be you winning this particular battle. Well, she had this in her. You know, and now it's shrunk and, it's and now you're free and, it's, you're and there's none in there and you just take care of yourself and it's great. But this was basically, for those of you overseas, and, and, and we call it soccer in the United States. It's called football every place else. When there's penalties, I forgot what it was because I, I I'm not really that familiar with it. But I understand that there's extended time to a soccer slash football match where they can add time to it. So instead of just the 90 minutes, it's the 90 minutes plus extra time. You know the game's going to end. They don't add unlimited minutes to the end of the game. Some of these games end of the tie. But there's a little extra time added. And that's all these shrinkings of the tumor were. It wasn't the cure. They were just adding a little extra time to what we knew was going to happen in the first place. And it gets worse. The whole time, he's still busting out the humor. The whole time, he's still funny. He's still in but the vehicle's not working anymore as as well as it used to. You gotta help him into the car. The coolest dude, the smoothest dude, the funniest dude. One of the distinct things about him was the voice. The voice was like this. And the over-the-top humor that sometimes was inappropriate based, you know, based on who was around. You know, to the point where sometimes you like, oh no, 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 don't ask him that specific question because you knew if somebody asked him a specific question, he had this auto inappropriate response that would come out that was hilarious but not appropriate. Right now, And that was one of the things we talked about. His voice, his voice sounded like this. You know, always had an interesting way of talking. You know, when it was time for you to leave, you we were leaving anyway. I'm going to take, um, I'm going to leave now. All right, get the fuck out. And we're all laughing, and I laugh when he said it because I know he was just being, he was just being funny. That was the voice. Now, the reason I was doing his voice, his voice on this podcast, is because I don't have any recordings of his voice. But my impression of him is pretty good as everybody in the family would say. You sound just like him. So when I was doing this segment here, talking about my Uncle Junior, I wanted to, if I couldn't record his voice, I want to record myself doing his voice because I don't know if I'm going to remember exactly what it sounded like at some point. There was a point where I remembered exactly what my grandmother's voice sounded like what my grandfather's voice sounded like. But I don't now. I remember what they said and I kind of remember what it sounds like. But they've been gone for a long period of time. My uncle's been only gone for a couple of days. Back to the story. So eventually what happens is now he's at a point where physically because of the medication and the machines that are attached to him he can't talk. I now know And everybody knows that voice that we all became accustomed to. That was like (laughs) this unique, distinct voice that everybody was so used to hearing. You're never going to hear it again because you can't, you know. And then you. And all of a sudden the hospital visits become more along the line of. You know, you're just waiting. And before, like I said, when it was just a chronic thing, when it was before we knew about the lung, you didn't expect any phone calls. But now you know one's coming. So much so that everybody that gets a phone call that isn't recognized, and then it gets to the point where every phone call, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking that's going to be the phone call. You know it's coming. The smoothest, the coolest. Born in October 1940. Now it's October 12th, 2016. And you get the phone call. Get here now right now I'm approximately 45 minutes away from the hospital and I have to pick up a couple other relatives that are on the way so I do that and I'm good in there as fast as I can you pull up outside and we see a whole bunch of the family there I see my cousin he's standing outside staring in the space you walk in, and I think if I remember correctly, because it's kind of a blur now, one of my relatives asked, "Did we make it on time?" Is he? He's gone. Now, all of a sudden, the people that were walking to the door quickly and walking, trying to rush through the door quickly, are not, including myself, not walking as quickly as they were before. Walking to the hospital, look in the lobby, see chunk of your family. Every family member that's within reasonable traveling distance is sitting there. And obviously they know because they're there in the waiting room. We can't go in right now. They're cleaning them up. They're getting them ready. Yeah. Takes about 12 minutes from when I got there. Maybe 15 minutes from when we got there to when they said it was okay to come back. Always about 100 yards from where we were. And if you think a football team has a hard time traveling 100 yards because somebody's defending them, try walking 100 yards when you know what's on the other side of that door. We walk inside. know what do we see? He's not there. The vehicle... Uncle Junior was riding in on this, on on Earth is there. The vehicle's there, but the driver's not there. I've seen him in a similar state before, but you can tell the difference. There's no machines there, because they're not necessary. And everybody's quiet. And I look around at all the people in this room. These are the people I care the most about in the world. And they're all crushed. Including myself. It's hard to see. The vehicle. That he rode in. With him not in it. You knew this was coming. And it's not the prettiest picture. So that whole situation goes and everybody's talking about who's, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. We need to do that. Everybody hugs everybody. Everybody's making plans. And let me start telling little stories about what he said. He said this and he said that, that was funny. And that was funny. And that was great. And that was great. And that was funny. And that was cool. And that was great. And then you realize, even though everybody's sad, he's gone now. But what did he leave? He left a voice in our heads. He left some smiles because of some outrageous thing that he said or something smart that he said that actually helped you out or some advice that came out that was great advice that other person didn't think about. Was he a perfect guy? Hell no, nobody was. Did he have problems? Absolutely. fucking Who doesn't? But there's one thing, no matter what you can say, there's one thing I could always Always say about him. He's a good man. He's a good man. So as I drove home with the two relatives that I took with me, you know, they're talking about, you know, um, you know, planning this and planning that, they were his immediate siblings. The next level up of relative, you know, I'm the kid and they're the older relatives even I'm I'm a middle-aged guy now. And they're talking about things, and the whole time they're talking, I'm not saying anything. Because we're going to handle the grief differently. And they're, you know, talking about things. And the only thing I'm thinking of on the 45-minute ride home was those trips to the house, those two-hour conversations, how I finally got to meet the guy the coolest guy, the smoothest guy, the funniest guy, the charming guy, the cool guy, the smooth guy that everybody wants. I met that guy. And as the pain of having a relative leave disappears, I choose to remember those two-hour conversations. Because to me, that's who this guy was that's who he really was October 1940 sunrise October 2016 sunset this episode is dedicated to my uncle Jr a good man will be missed well folks this has been episode number 237 of the yes anthony says podcast and i want to thank you guys very very much for for stopping by i, re- I really appreciate it man you know um, to my friends and my, my my bastards in the uk thank you thank you for recommending me to people um, to my bastards in australia canada and the united states much love to you all uh, thank you very much for everything, man. You know I appreciate it. And uh, let me just give you some of the info so you'll uh, know where to for for the people that have been listening, the new people that are coming along. Uh, I am on Twitter at @addisanthonythomas. That's my personal Twitter. The show Twitter. No, you did not hear my stomach grumble. No, I'm not waiting. No, I'm not waiting for my food to be cooked. Shut up. <laughs> the, the Twitter for the uh, the Twitter for the show is Anthony says. Uh, the email address, if you want to ask questions or anything like that, if you want to contact yours truly, is Anthony at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O-S-Anthony at gmail.com. Uh, this podcast is everywhere, damn it. I've been doing this for almost three years. It's everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Play. Um, the home base is on Podbean, S Anthony, S Anthony says that Obviously, the Podcast Revolution Network. Um, I'm putting a few podcast episodes up on Spreaker, you know, so uh, I'm everywhere. All you really have to do is just type in S. Anthony says and, and Google it or Google the S. Anthony Says podcast, and my punk ass will show up and you can listen to this crap anytime you want to listen to this crap. And I want to thank you. Folks, like I said, it's been a bad week. But the best part of the week was this last hour that I got to spend with you. You know, uh, if you listened to the, the segment that came before this, you know how my, how my week went. And uh, one of the bright spots, the bright spot of this week is getting to do this and knowing that you're going to listen to this crap. So you helped me out a lot this week, my friends, because if I didn't have this, I'd probably be bummed out until the middle of next week or whatever or the next month or whatever. But because I get to do this and I get to talk to you bastards, you know, I know my week's. This is going to be at least one good part of my week, even though normally my weeks are pretty damn good. This one sucked badly and you helped out by just being who you are and being there for me. So I appreciate it. Folks, I will talk to you next week. Much love to you all. Thank you for everything. I really appreciate you. I'm serious about that. And it doesn't matter to me, my friends, whether you listen to me on your car, when you're riding on a treadmill, if you're walking down the street in earbuds, it doesn't matter where you listen to me. I'm just glad that you do. Much love to you. On the count of three, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye. And I'm hoping all of you, no matter what country you're listening to, I don't care where you are. I'm hoping you all say with me at the same time on the count of three, because that's what we do. Damn it. all you ready? Good. One, two, three. S. Anthony out.